meet Jesse, Lexa, Amani, and Sherry, one about to graduate from college, one with two years left to go due to two separate gap years, one who left college after her first year, and one who's been out of college for a few years. We had a fascinating conversation, and here are some of the key takeaways. Success seems to be only about how much esteem recognition and money you will have in your chosen profession. That's the way it was defined for us when we were in high school. The only definition of success that has ever really been presented to us in the academic world is based on your grade point average and how many extracurricular activities you've participated in. Having time outside of or after school helped me to find myself. Now, success means being happy, having close friendships, and feeling that I'm evolving and growing as a human being. It's about how I feel rather than what I can present to people. The more well-off my friends are, the more stress they feel about achieving great things as defined by society. They feel much less pressure now in their 20s than they felt at 16. They don't feel they need to have everything figured out. Parents should put trust in their kids that they'll figure it out even if they choose a less conventional path. I hope you enjoy our conversations as much as I did and that you learn as much as I did. Hi, I'm Nina Carlitz Matza. And I'm Dr. Anne Marie Albano, and we're so glad that you've come to listen more. I am, my name is Lexa. I am 21 years old. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. My pronouns are she, hers. I go to Wesleyan University, though I took a gap year before and I'm on another gap year now and am possibly transferring. That's a little bit about where I am right now. Right now. I am Imani. Hi. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm 22 years old, and I'm born and raised and currently in Brooklyn, New York. And I did not graduate from college. I did attend for about a year and a half, and then I went to like onto a different film program, um, but we can get more into that later, uh, but that's me. Nice to meet you all. I'm Jesse um, from Corvallis, Oregon, a little bit far. Um, it's like a medium-sized town. I guess you would all call it small. It's 50,000 people, like a few hours from Portland. And uh, yeah, I go to Wesleyan too, Wesleyan heavy crowd. Although that was, yeah, kind of a random random occurrence he him pronouns i forgot to mention studying writing and anthropology i'm sherry uh, i'm 24 my pronouns are she her i grew up in silver spring maryland and then went to the university of southern california for college um graduated two years ago in 2019 and stayed in la so that's where i am right now you know, we're curious to hear sort of what your perception is of what success means to you, how how that may differ from what you've been taught about what success was, how that may differ from, you know, what informed your path in terms of the schools you chose, what you studied, et cetera, et cetera, and how you're thinking about success going forward. Maybe just start with like knee-jerk reaction when you hear the word success. What what is the what does that sound like to you? Um, okay, off the cuff, I can say that the word success makes my hackles go up because it's a, it's a double-edged sword that 
I think as often is imposed by by outside forces as as self-defined probably more often I think coming from the place that I did I was I was pretty attached to the idea of like financial success as a as a way of getting out of the shithole that I came from or as I thought about it and it took a little bit of time and freedom and yeah financial freedom and maturity to to complicate that idea of success and I think as a parting thought um that like complication of the idea of success is not something that's coming from the school that at least Lexa and I are going to um which is is pretty fairly cut and dried like pushing us towards esteem recognition and money the the school wants high profile graduates and they want graduates who are embedded in industry whether that's the publishing industry, the film industry, the um, the sciences, tech, and and that's where I think a lot of the school's interests align with with students' parents' interests because they want that for their children as well. It's funny, like just a quick side note before I talk about my definition of success. Like, you know, when you being from the East Coast, you know those schools like. Wesleyan, Bowdoin, like baby Ivies plus like Ivies are just like so much like known. And like at least my high school experience, everyone was like, you know, those are the only schools you apply to. And then I remember going out to the West Coast to like see some schools out there and people like were like, oh, where does your brother go? And I was like, oh, Bowdoin. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, you don't know that school? Like it's just such a different like you know and it's all geographical so it's interesting to hear you say like your parents can't even point to Wesleyan on a map where like in my little bubble it's like you don't know what Wesleyan is like um but yeah like I would agree with like at least for the definition of success like you know growing up when you're in school and you're like an adolescent obviously the only thing you really know is like academic success and you know that's the only really measure you have, like getting your grades back. And that's the only kind of like substance you have to really measure your success at that time. So I think that's a really big, as a young person, like so much pressure is on you to perform academically. And, you know, I personally, the high school I went to, I went to the Groton school. It was it's a boarding school in Massachusetts. Um, very academically, you know, cutthroat and competitive. So as a student who's very average, it was kind of just like, okay, I'm just like getting by, you know, and I never really held myself because I wasn't meeting the standards of those, like my peers. I never really held myself to that esteem. So I was always just kind of like, yeah, I'm an average student, you know, like, like not saying I'm not smart. Like I definitely considered myself a smart person in other ways. And I always like knew I was smart in other ways, but, you know, academically was like never really gave myself much value. So yeah, I would say as a young person, that was my definition of success for sure. And then, you know, as I grew up and got older, that definitely evolved and became more like, okay, what does that mean for me? Like, how is what I'm doing going to make me happy? So so can I, can I just ask you two things about that? So are you saying that your definition of success now involves more the idea of being happy than the idea of being getting good grades or making a lot of money. And I guess my other question is, 
how how did it shift and what helped you to redefine it? It definitely didn't shift until I left school. So I was recruited to play soccer and really followed that like recruitment process. Um, like I didn't academically, like I didn't really look at schools that I liked or like that were like culturally a good fit. It was all just like the soccer route. And then once that fell through after a year and I was like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. That just kind of like unraveled the whole like idea of it. And I was like, wow, like I actually don't want to be here, period. And like be studying any of the things I'm studying. Like I have no drive. Like I just don't, this isn't for me. And so that decision to leave school and move back home to New York and kind of just be like, okay, let's like figure out what you want to do. Cause clearly like this isn't working. And you know, I was in Ohio for school. So I was just like, culturally, this is not where I want to be right now. And so once I moved back home and really got to like be with myself and like have the time and space and thankfully like, you know, my parents were really accommodating with that and were like, yeah, like move back home, like figure it out, take your time. Like obviously they weren't like just sit around and do nothing all day. Like they had the pressure on me to like actually get the wheels in motion. But um, yeah, just having that time to like outside of a school, like you have to take these classes, really think about what I want to do. I think just shifted that whole idea of success in my head. Like, okay, like I know I'm not going to go into like finance. So like making a ton of money is like clearly not something that's like super important to me. So what is important to me? Um, and yeah, just being happy with what I'm doing as a profession is, yeah, my definition of success. I sort of, I have a very similar um, definition of success to you, Amani, with the kind of how I view it now is just being happy and feeling fulfilled in like the day to day in, in what I'm, both what I'm doing professionally, but also um, just my personal life, I think is a big part of that too. And it also changed a lot because growing up, I think, it, not even necessarily from my parents, just from my friends and my friends' parents thinking that academic success was like the end-all be-all and that sort of, I mean, it seems like a common theme of thinking that you need to go to school and study something that's going to make you a lot of money or, or pick a career that is going to give you a better chance quote-unquote, of financial stability. Um, and I definitely had that in my head when I was looking for colleges. And I remember kind of the first real shift in that mindset for me was when I was like a sophomore or a junior in high school, I think. And I was on a college tour and someone asked me what I wanted to study. And I think I said psychology because both of my parents are psychologists. And it has always interested me. But so I said that and... um my parents afterwards kind of had a talk with me. They were like, are you sure you don't want to study like theater or something? Cause I had been doing shows since middle school. It was something that I really loved. And I, I remember asking them, I was like, am I allowed to do that? Can I go to school and study theater? Like, is that okay with you? And they were like, why wouldn't it be okay with us? Like, that's what you're passionate about. That's what you want to do. You should absolutely pursue that. So I think that kind of, switched something in me I was like oh this is a real possibility that I 
can do and pursue the thing that I love and and that can be success like getting success and not not necessarily like getting awards but just being happy pursuing the thing that I am most passionate about and so I think that that's when that switch kind of started to happen at least as I embraced the possibility of pursuing my creative dreams so I think that's that's where it started and has kind of continued to develop I think that when I instinctually think of success, the idea of it and the notion of it feels so broad and so big picture and so long term to me that it feels like in order for me to build up a life where I feel successful, it will take me so long to do so. And it will, there's so many steps in order to get there and to feel successful. And I feel like I, over the past couple of years, have been actively trying to reshape my understanding of success and maybe even try and use different words to get rid of some of the buzz around the word success and instead maybe shape it more around fulfillment and I think Sherry was saying even finding happiness in the day-to-day and what may be more mundane and I think something that I've found a much greater appreciation for recently as time goes on is being able to maintain relationships with people over time and to grow as an individual and to watch a close someone who's close to you also grow as an individual and for you two to grow together and to uphold that relationship feels very fulfilling to me and feels like that makes me feel successful in the way that I'm conducting my life with the people around me and in terms of just self self growth and feeling like I am evolving and I'm putting myself in situations where I can evolve and where life around me feels like it is also evolving and the people around me are also evolving makes me feel fulfilled as well. I th- I think that this idea of success feels so tangible sometimes or like it's looking for tangible results. What can I show people? What can I tell people I've done? What accomplishments do I have? What medals do I have? As opposed to what do I feel and what do I hope to feel? One of the things that Anne-Marie and I talk about a lot on the podcast is if you read the ancient Greeks, many of them, but Aristotle being the most prominent one, you know, you see that the definition of a successful life over and over and over again has very little to do with status, money, um, any of those things. And if you look at the positive psychology movement, which has been sort of a very predominant movement in psychology for the last 20 years, which is largely based on ancient Greek wisdom, you know, the components of a quote unquote successful life are all about all the things that you've just talked about. They're about relationships that are real, that are intimate, that are mutually supportive. They're about finding work that you love, that you feel, you know, jazzed about. They're about being connected to communities and feeling that you are part of something bigger than yourself. All of those things. And yet the description of success that every one of you shared your perspective of of before you went to college was the description of success that is definitely the predominant one in our society. Yeah, I have actually had like this kind of conversation with my parents, just like having left school completely. And, you know, people are always like, are you going to go back to school? Are you going to like go do this? And like, and I'm always like, "Eh, like, I don't think so. Like not right now, at least. And, you know, I've talked to my parents about it and they were just really scared honestly like 
they both went to college and like you know were then like working and like had their jobs and we get like very classic kind of like success quote-unquote story and yeah like they were just really scared like to even think that that could be a possibility because that's what they knew you know like that was society's definition of success and that was how they were successful and so they just didn't know you know how to necessarily parents are supposed to like you know be your guider and like your teacher like in some instances in these cases but you know when you don't feel necessarily equipped with something that like you personally went through like then how are you supposed to like relay that to your kid you know what I mean so it's like you can only really speak parents only speak from their experiences at the end of the day so they were just really scared to be like go do that because who knows they didn't do that so like they're not gonna like go and be like yeah no you should just like don't even apply to college you know like they were just like oh this is what everyone's doing so I think there's definitely like you know a piece of that that's very personal as opposed to just like societal like societal expectations I think there's a piece of it too that's like you know well my kids stepping into the unknown that I don't even know you know like how am I supposed to help them how am I supposed to guide them but yeah I think if you like peel back that layer and just especially when like kids are 18 like older like high school like graduating high school into college it's like you know we're people (laughs) we can make like sound decisions so yeah I think letting go of that fear is a really big part of it so what advice would you give to parents of a kid like you who is say, you know, a fine student, but not a stellar one and kind of went through the paces so that you could get into college by playing soccer and all of that. Um, would you have done anything differently if you knew differently? Are you glad that you experienced that? Would you have wanted something different from them? Yeah. I mean, I always like, you know, I stand by like all of my life journey decisions, kind of like, you know, I'm a very big believer, not religious, but a big believer in kind of like everything happens for a reason. And so, yeah, I would just say, I think my, like, you know, I really couldn't have asked my parents to be better, handled it better, like for what they were with the tools that they had and what I was presenting to the table. I think they did handle it really well in terms of just being like, you know, do what you want to do. We support you. Like, we're not going to like, you know throw you out to the wolves and have you like by yourself doing everything like if you need to come home if you need to like whatever we'll support you so I think like that is just the biggest thing is just actually listening to your kid and being like okay like yeah like why not and even though it's something that you are not necessarily personally knowledgeable of and it wasn't your personal journey like that doesn't mean that you can't support your kid or like you can't find you know other avenues to support your kid like you know like my dad was now contacting like I wanted to go into film so he was like contacting his other friends who he like works in who they work in production so it's like you don't necessarily have to be that like one be all end all like guide for your kid like just any resource you have is helpful and just being supportive and being like I want you to do what you want to do is like means everything in the world I want to take you with me 
to sessions with parents and, and from now on. And I just want you to sit there and just, just say exactly what you said. What about the rest of you in terms of that perspective on sort of what did and, and didn't inform your path before you got to that place of like, oh, okay, that's not what success looks like to me. Like I was one of few few students at my like mother is an instructor and um father is kind of like a layabout but has been to school a lot so like that was a unique situation parental situation at my school and just that degree of like academic orientation like professional success orientation really instilled in me a paranoia about school where I saw science money getting into Wesleyan as like the ticket out of Dodge. And that's, I think, one of the most frustrating things, the most insidious parts of being at this private school is that it seems like the higher up the ladder you go, the the more um, fear my friends have over like getting the internship, getting into the next phase of school. And so like, just as a concrete anecdote, which is just an anecdote, but like I'm in a house of six people of which I have far less money than any of them. And they're so career oriented. They're like all applying to internships. They're like stressed out all the time. They need to do a thesis. And in the grand scheme, I'm like fantastically wealthy. But in this, that's like, I'm kind of the bum. Um, and, and yet I'm somehow like the least worried, like, yeah, end up the least worried about the internship and, um, the most focused on like Nina, when you're talking about, and Lexa about community and building friendships and, um, developing, yeah, a rich social network as, as markers of success. Um, that's what resonates with me the most. Yeah, I feel almost ironically that, I mean, I took a gap year out right after high school before going to college, and now after two years of college, decided to take another gap year, and throughout all of those decisions, my parents were gratefully very supportive and thought that it was actually very positive and productive for me, ironically that I said productive, but... Um, for me to take time off and focus on myself and learn about myself. Um, and actually where I find stress around stress and anxiety around success and the idea of success is actually from my peers and from seeing other students and friends around me and what they're choosing to do at this time of our lives that feels so transformative and that feels like the train tracks are kind of starting, especially for people who are pursuing a career in finance and who are getting internships at a bunch of big banks or in medicine who are going to graduate school and who are able to have a, have a set path of what their life is going to look like for the next few years, that that's, that's where my worries about myself come into play more so than they would ever with my parents or with a guardian. Well, let me ask a question if, if I can, um, for all of you, when did, when did you amongst your peers first recognize that anxiety, so to speak in them? What was the earliest point where you recall friends who were, I've got to, 
you know, really perform academically, get the extracurriculars or whatever it is to get into the best school or, you know, because I have to succeed? Middle school, I'd say, is when I first remember that kind of pressure really building of performing really well academically, doing like a bunch of different sports and volunteer opportunities and other extracurriculars all not necessarily motivated by like what you actually want to do, but because, oh, this would look great on a college application and and this will make me be a standout applicant uh, when, when the time comes, even though it was, you know, four or five, six years away. Yeah, I think I also think around middle school because I feel like that's when I and other people started applying for things. And I think just application processes in general, the way that they're conducted in this country are so you you almost feel like you have to be deserving of it and you have to prove yourself. And that idea starts in middle school. I remember applying for high schools even Um And I was lucky enough to go to a middle school that had a high school afterwards. So I knew that I was guaranteed a spot in a great school, but I still wanted to apply and remember feeling anxious that I wasn't, that I didn't have enough experience or I wasn't involved in enough extracurriculars or whatever. And that feeling, I don't think, has ever gone away or probably will ever go away. Well, when you think back about high on high school, is there anything you feel like you missed out on or anything you feel like, God, I wish I hadn't focused so much on this and I had cared more about that? I think there were a couple classes that I wanted to take in high school. Like I remember there was a ceramics class that I really wanted to take, but I didn't have room for it in my schedule with like all the other more important or like more legit classes that I felt like I should have taken. So that's probably one thing that I think going back, I would have tried to focus more on is the just like having fun and being a kid. Cause I also think at that time you, you feel like you should be kind of a grown up or like getting ready to be a grown up or you feel like you should be more adult and responsible than you are. And I know I definitely felt that way. And now at 24, I, I think of like a 16 year old and I'm like, that's a child. Like that's still, you're still a child. But I, I definitely didn't feel that way. I was like, this is like the beginning of my adult life. I have to get serious and I have to start thinking about this stuff now. So I, I definitely agree that I think just kind of loosening that expectation to, to already be grown up before you are would be helpful. Um, and I actually was, was having a conversation the other day with a, a close friend of mine and she was saying how she is just now, she's 23. She was like, I'm just now kind of figuring out who I am. And I feel like I'm really late to the game because I'm, you know, out of college and I, I don't know who exactly I am. We were kind of talking about that and realizing that even you know, in your early, mid-20s, you don't have to be that, like, I'm an adult. I know exactly where my life is going, what I'm doing with my life, what's going to happen. Like, there's a lot of... I feel weirdly 
freer now to explore and have fun than I did in high school. Like I just bought a pair of roller skates and I'm trying to learn how to roller skate just for fun. I, I don't know. Like I feel like now I weirdly feel less pressure to have everything together and to know where I'm going and know the exact trajectory of my path. And I'm kind of okay with just being along for the ride and, and figuring it out, knowing that I have quite a long time left in my life to, to figure it out. I don't need to know exactly what's going on now. It's been a good realization to have. Looking back What's the difference now in your idea of how much control over your life you felt you had and how much say in it versus how much you actually had? How different might it be now for you in terms of your perceptions of control? I think the control is, in my eyes, a privilege thing. I think I was aware that the sky was the limit in whatever form I wanted. But the blindness was maybe universal. Like as a as a 17-year-old, like you don't you've only had a few years of of being in the world and seeing what potential lives could look like. So like your sample size of role models is pretty small. I think it's funny too, because like <clears throat> you know, as a young person, you get little glimpses of control, you know, like, you know, what college do you want to go to? Like, depending on which ones you get into, obviously, but like, that's like, what what you pick is your choice, you know? And so, you know, that kind of makes you feel like you're in control of your life in a way, or like, what do you want to study? Like, that makes you feel like, oh, yeah, like, I'm in control, you know, like, I'm doing it. But at the end of the day, like, those things are all like within that system, right? So like, you know, are you in control of that? Or is like that like a subconscious, you know, little thing in your head? And I think, you know, that's just how our world works. Like, I don't know if you can kind of like, how do we change that? You know what I mean? Do you guys think that being your age is just scary? I think this idea of the train already having left the station is a really poignant one. And I think a lot of my anxieties kind of take that pattern and take that tendency. And I think that some of it definitely is in terms of success and a professional track or a career. But I think what strikes me even more so and much more powerfully is this idea of figuring out who I am and what I am and what I enjoy even. And I think that I want to spend my time doing things and being surrounded by people who make me feel good and make me feel good about the world and make me feel good about myself. And even that feels almost like something that I need to figure out. And I need to spend time thinking about all of these things so that I can work it out and have an answer and find an answer right now. But I also know that in two years from now and in five years from now and in 20 years from now, I'm also going to be craving those same answers and it's going to be evolving and they're always going to change. So even if I think that I figure it out and I figure out who I am and I figure out what makes me happy, that could change tomorrow. And I think that's really hard for me to grapple with. I think 
at a certain point you realize that time is always passing at the same speed and that you are like giving up on paths potential paths potential opportunities constantly and they're always there but the first few opportunities opportunities that you give up on um in decide to take a different path are the most painful and the most scary so at whatever point like i think for a lot of us it's college it's the first moment that the two options like the the divergence in the road becomes really clear and you have to reckon with the fact that for every like you're going to go one place and there's a million other places that you could have gone and you're not going to go there i think i mean you 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 kind of hit it like hit the nail on the head when you asked if being our age is just scary um because I think that it is <laughs> to some extent because I I've been thinking about that a lot the past few years specifically of just how I've never really when I think in my head of an adult quote unquote I never feel the way that I picture what an adult is but then I think about it and it's it's kind of this intangible thing that I, I don't know that I will ever really feel how I imagine an adult feels and kind of realizing that, you know, I am an adult. It feels weird to say. I, I still definitely feel like a kid sometimes, but realizing that like being an adult feels like this too. It feels uncertain and it feels scary and weird but also kind of within that really freeing in a way because I'm I'm working on not expecting to feel a certain way not expecting to act a certain way based on what I think an adult is and just kind of doing what's best for me and, and living my life and going through the ups and downs and the challenges and, and the weirdness of figuring out who you are as a person. And kind of like Lexa said, I don't think there's any one definitive answer for that really ever. I think it'll change day to day, year to year, decade to decade. I think it's always kind of a, a malleable concept that's, that's changing. So I, I think that there's a bit of a disconnect with people my age that I know I've been experiencing and, and a lot of my friends have been experiencing as well of feeling like you're at the age right now where you should be an adult, but not feeling like what your whole life you have thought an adult is and kind of blending those two together and, and coming to the realization of what I thought was an adult is not anything that is necessarily attainable. It's a very static way of life and realizing, honestly, even more and more realizing uh, how, you know, my parents have their own personalities. They're not just this adult that is there, like kind of getting to know them as people has been really eye-opening as well. Being like, okay, so this is just something that is going to continue. I will just be myself 
a person getting older. I will never, the switch is never going to flip and I will feel like, yes, now I'm an adult. And so I think that's, that's been really weird and something that I've noticed that people in their, I mean, from my experience, my friends, people in their twenties kind of feel that weird disconnect and it's, it's an odd thing to reconcile with, but so that's been my, my journey recently, the last few years. Anything that we haven't asked you that you think we should have? Anything that you would like to say to the prospective parents, adults who will be listening to this about what your what their kids really need most from them? I think they need um, trust. Um, Because I think a lot of the issues that arise from just feeling that pressure of like, I need to go to college, I need to be on this path, I need to do X, Y, Z so that in the future I can be financially stable and successful, whatever that means. Um, I think it kind of starts with parents putting trust in their kid to ultimately be okay if they choose maybe a less conventional path. I would add just like to Sherry's point, like kind of what you said earlier, Nina, too, like letting your kid fail and like, you know, having those real life experiences or at least like a little taste of like, you know, what that real life experience would be to fail or whatever, have to like get back up and you know, just figure it out mostly. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it definitely does more good, you know, not letting them like, not necessarily being like, okay, now like figure it out on your own. Like, obviously you're a parent, you're going to guide them, you're going to help, but, you know, totally shielding, like you were saying, or totally guarding them from those experiences. It's definitely, I think, you know, I think it's important to learn those lessons. Um, So yeah, definitely just keeping, you know, life as realistic as possible, you know, not too sheltered, um, not too guarded, but you know, you obviously doesn't mean you can't support or be there or, you know, use your other resources you have um, to help them. You know, that's not a bad thing, but you also want to let them go through these life experiences because it's important. I think also that hindsight is twenty twenty, and so often I have such a skewed perception of my own past, and I think I gloss over it and remember things so differently, and I'm sure that that stays with you throughout your entire life, and so I'm sure that so many parents have kind of a veil over what their past looks like and what it felt like for them to be the age that their kids may be, and I think that through that, transparency is so helpful and being honest about what it felt like to be, what it feels like to be different ages and different at different stages in your life and sharing those experiences with your kids and not hiding them um, is vital. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is available wherever you find your podcasts, as well as on our website, listenmoreproject.org.